What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTALKPOD. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Mighty Joe Morin and Carl Carafel. All right, guys, Mighty Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk, episode 197. Looking forward to to this episode. There's some cool stuff to talk about here. Uh, and we are going to, ha- we should have our friend Mr. Ryan K. Bowman from Sports Kita on as well. Uh, but, I mean, he's a busy guy working for Sports Kita, so um, hopefully um, he'll be able to... Uh, to get on here, but for the the first topic of uh, this, uh, actually, no. Before we get to to the topics here, Carl, just um, kind of update uh, on, on the past week. How things been going up there? No, uh, everything is uh, same as usual. Uh, you know, nothing nothing really new to say. Nothing really new to do. Just uh, snow. Snow happened mm. today. That was uh, well started last night and uh, happened today. And uh, we've got uh, a bit of an accumulation of snow that has happened. Uh, but I mean, other than that, yeah. Day by day, my friend. Day by day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we we had a little bit of snow a little while ago, but uh, we've gone back to just kind of we're just hovering above the freezing temperature, sort of, and then dipping below it at nighttime. But um, I have a feeling probably in the next week or so we might be looking at uh, some of the white stuff here in southern Ontario where I'm at. So I think it's just a matter of time too. And uh, yeah, uh, just kind of same as you, kind of taking things one day at a time. Uh, still dealing with this pandemic, so to speak, and. Uh, you know, just uh, getting anxious and just waiting for that to all come to an end. Two nights ago, it was minus 12. Wow. Which, I mean, isn't too bad, <laughs> especially for Northern Ontario, considering it's already uh, into December. 
Uh, we're looking mid-December, and uh, this is really the first accumulation of snow that we've gotten this year. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm happy with that. If we happen to have a green Christmas, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. What yeah. have we got on the docket today, Joe? Well, first up, um, on a bit of a, of a sad note, I'll, I'll pull up uh, the graphic for us here. We're talking Mr. Uh, Mr. Tiny Lister. Uh, probably in, in the wrestling world, uh, you would remember him as Zeus. Um, kind of some epic feuds with Hulk Hogan and whatnot. Uh, for for yes. myself, I mean, obviously, I, I still think of that part, but I, I think kind of in the movie side of things, I mean, when I think Mr. Lister, I think... You know, he was one of the um, one of the, the convicts on the the Dark Knight when they were on, on the ship and uh, deciding whether to kind of blow things up. And he was the one that threw the, the remote control of the window. That was him. And I think too, from the Fifth Element, he was the the president of uh, pretty much of the United States or of the or the planet Earth. Uh, another oh, kind yes. of major role there too. So that, that's what what I think when I think uh, Mr. Tony Lister. But I mean, uh, in the wrestling business, I mean, he had a pretty um, larger than life kind of presence. He definitely did. I mean, yeah. I mean, especially you go in into that type of a business with the name Zeus. Yeah. Of course, you're 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 gonna get uh, uh, notoriety, obviously, from something like that. Like Zeus is that's a pretty big, powerful name. So to uh, to, to to have that moniker as you're going into the world of professional wrestling. Uh, bloody fantastic my man bloody fantastic and i mean was he the greatest wrestler of all time no no but he had that presence to him he had that size to him he had that look he had that that like he could put on that mean face yeah right and as you see in this photo here he's got that 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 great smile to him too he's you know fantastic (laughs) fun loving but in that wrestling ring he could put on that that mean mugging ugly face and really sell what he was doing and uh mm-hmm. and and it was just fantastic and and for for him to be able to transition from uh you know professional wrestling to 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 film to tv to you know actor movies personality like yeah fa- fantastic Yep, I mean, he made a very successful transition from uh, from wrestling over to uh, to Hollywood. Uh, you know, some some notable movies, like I said, you know, Dark Knight, uh, Fifth Element, and uh, that's just a couple off the top of my head. You know, he did it uh, very very well. And uh, like I said, uh, my biggest takeaway uh, from him in wrestling was just that he had that that larger than life presence, which is sorely lacking in uh, the majority of professional wrestling these days. I mean, just he just looked at him like you mentioned Zeus. I mean, that's like uh, I believe in Greek mythology, he's like what the god of thunder or god of lightning. I mean, just wow. I mean, that's uh, how cool a gimmick is that, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, that, that, yeah. Like, like I said, I mean, I don't know what more I could say about that. Like, that was just, yeah. that was powerful. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it to today's, right? And you're right. A lot of that is lacking. I think uh, may, maybe yeah. the, the, the best that we might have in, in that type of a situation is, uh, is the fiend uh, character, uh, you know, that yeah. kind of. Over, over the top, but um, you know, type of powerful character that uh, that really kind of grips you, uh, especially being able to uh, to, to kind of work on that mic and then you know have the whole Bray Wyatt fiend differences that are going on there and mm-hmm. and being able to work it and yeah, I mean that's that's about the only one that I can really think of in in today's world of professional wrestling that uh, that kind of has that 
character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, going from that to some WWE stuff here, that this is uh, one that uh, when this came up, I, I really this is one that I had to sit down and talk to our, our friend Michael Jargo, and uh, he had to kind of talk me off the ledge, strangely enough, on this uh, on this topic. But I'll uh, pull up our, our graphic here. We're talking about Mr. Keith Lee uh, being sent down to the Performance Center to basically to tighten things up. To uh, Vince feels like he's not that really great in the ring. I mean, just. Carl, when, when I saw this, uh, you know, in the course of the graphic is a uh, courtesy of our friends over at Sports Kita, but um, this was one that really kind of, I, I saw it, I was, I was really kind of weirded out by it. It was, it was strange. I was like, wow, Vince just doesn't see what everybody else sees in Keith Lee at this point. I'm going to sum it up this way. Yeah. Vince has lost it. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Really? Keith Lee comes in. And I mean, like he's limitless, limitless. They, they, you know, he has that whole moniker going, going about him and the guy definitely is. And I mean, sure, maybe he needs to tighten up a little bit with different things, um, but it's not as though he's Nia Jax sloppy. Oh, no. Right. And and I mean, the the guy has, has that presence. Mm -hmm. He's got that size to him. He can work in that ring. He can work with with absolutely anybody, whether it's a big guy like a Braun Strowman to a small guy like a Rey Mysterio. He can work with all of them and has shown that and proven that. And now we're going to send him back down to the performance center. I think, unfortunately, when Keith Lee came up to the main roster, um, it was doomed from the beginning. Uh, especially from Vince's mind, uh, you know, having him wear a shirt hmm. or wear, uh, you know, a singlet or, or, or something to, because he was too fat, apparently, <laughs> yeah. from what uh, from what Vince was saying. Um, so, I mean, unfortunately, I can understand this if it's coming from Vince, yeah. because Vince just seems to have had a little bit of a hate on for Keith Lee. Since the beginning. So, yeah, one of the other names, too, that I'm hearing uh, being sent down to the performance center to to get better, quote-unquote, uh, your boy Otis is, is on that uh, short list as well, uh, him being sent down there. Um, now, with the Keith Lee thing, like, like I said I, you know, earlier today, I did uh, uh, chat quite extensively with our friend Michael Jargo from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast and Destino um, about this, and um, he kind of gave me a response I wasn't expecting because he's kind of on the other side of this here, Carl. And uh, he's telling me that uh, essentially the reason why that this is being done is to get him more used to working the WWE style, which is very much, especially right now, given uh, what we're going through and how this is shot and filmed and presented, of really catering more towards the, the camera then, you know, he's used to performing for an audience there in person, right? So I, I have a feeling that, that it's not so much... The, the the actual wrestling aspect of things it's working that WWE style which is mugging for that camera as much as possible I, I get that yep. yeah I, I definitely can see that that uh, I, I mean still I think it's it's pretty unfortunate mm-hmm. um, considering like you could really run some good stuff with Keith Lee well sure you can um, and then even you you mentioned Otis as well being one of those names that that are uh, probably back down in NXT. They they they've been doing great stuff with Otis right now. So w- w- 
I, I, I'm not understanding what the problem is there. Yeah. You know, they had a, you know, they had the money in the bank contract, and then this this program with the Miz, and then you know, like it's it, it's been it's been good. I've I've enjoyed it. So it's it's really odd to me that uh, they've decided that they need to take people that are in pretty substantial storylines on television right now, especially when your television ratings are hurting mm-hmm. and nobody's watching, right? To bring them down there instead of trying to build on the stories that you actually have going right now, uh, instead of just kiboshing everything and then just shooting people back back down to NXT. I mean, Jesus. You know, and and the problem is compounded too by you know not only people like us who you know do podcasts about professional wrestling and report about it, but you know the the fans are privy to this information too, which which uh, like like I mentioned, you know, compounds the problem, right? So we know that these are people that the fans like, and and now now they're also in on the fact that you know we don't necessarily believe in them, but we have to go and tighten things up with them and blah blah blah, and just it's uh. Man, it, it, it kind of it, it sucks because it, these guys know how to, to work in that ring. At the same time, too, you know, I, I do see Jargo's uh, point here that that you know Keith isn't necessarily used to working that camera. He's used to working, and this is a, a thing in New Japan as well. You know, we might even get to that a little bit to where that is really more kind of. You know, the, the camera just kind of follows kind of what's going on. It's not like they, they have these rigid kind of things. It's just, it's, and it feels more kind of organic at that point. So with WWE, just uh, it's like, you know, okay, you know, we need to have the camera here for this and the camera here for this. It just, it's so planned out that, uh, man, it just, it's, it sucks, especially for a guy like Keith Lee. I mean, because, I mean, he has all the talent and the ability in the world um, to be a bad guy or a good guy, and just, it, just yeah. it feels like we're farting around with him. And I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it, man. Um, and honestly, and it, NXT might just be the best place for him to be. And it, you mentioned uh, New Japan, so you, you bring that up and how New Japan does it with yeah. the, uh, uh, the camera following them. Mm-hmm. Um, that comes down to... Professional wrestling versus entertainment. Yep. Once again, uh, that entertainment word is uh, striking with force mm-hmm. right now uh, when it comes to these guys that are out there, and, and especially with this whole uh, you know play to the camera type of situation. Yeah. Uh, you know that's that's the entertainment side of it, um, which. Uh, I find even 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 more weird because when when I think entertainment, I think television, I yep. think movies, right? Those people aren't playing to cameras. The no. cameras are following them. Yeah. Right? Television shows, the cameras are following them. Movies. I've seen uh, you know different things on how movies are done and how movies are made, and you know it's it's very intricate. Oh yeah, with the uh, with, with the whole rigging systems and like having to move things. If there's like a, 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 a they're running a, beside a train, let's say or whatever, the camera is moving and follow standing. Vince's want to play to the cameras. Um, I mean, maybe during this time when there's no fans that are in there, I, I get that. Maybe, you know, kind of look at the camera a little bit more there. <laughs> but, I mean, other than that, yeah. have the cameras followed them around? Have your hard cam definitely have that because that can make for some great shots. Sure. Especially, you know, a nice, you know, good uh, 
uh, high fly move uh, over the top rope or something, right? Mm-hmm. Can make for for you know good good action shot. Yep. But have the cameras following them. We need to stop with this play to the camera crap. A good example to, to rewind back a little bit too, because this just came to mind. Uh, remember when a bit, uh, I can't remember if it was on Raw or SmackDown, Batista came back, and then they showed him. Um, going in and, and dragging Ric Flair out from his locker room. And it was actually a really cool moment and really well done. The only thing there that, um, like we're saying, you know, that, that why was there, it looked like there was like a cameraman already kind of filming out there. What they should have done is just have used, you know, the guy that Batista was dragging to that locker room with the camera. They should have just used him and it would have felt so real. Like it, it because that's the only thing that kept that from feeling like it was, oh, this is you know, happening for legit, was that there was already a cameraman there shooting what is yeah. going to be happening, right? So it, yep. just, it kept it from feeling really real. And uh, yes, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's tough. And, and I get it. I think we're at a tipping point almost with WWE. It's like, okay, you know what? Are we going to totally abandon the, the, the whole pro wrestling aspect of things here? Or we're just going to go straight to entertainment? And if that's the case, you know, we're just, we'll just go to these pre- done things you know the, like the um the boneyard match and this kind of stuff just go to totally heavily produced stuff if you're going to go that way because it, doing this in between stuff i, I just I, I really think it's really damaging them long term and the, and the ratings uh kind of tell the the tale here that uh you yeah. know it, it's you're trying to uh, to do both things at the same time and you're just not doing either one of them well at this point yeah, very, very so, much so. You're right. Yeah. You're definitely so, right. One or the other. I would pitch more for a, kind of the sports presentation, but Vince mm-hmm. will never go for that. So you might as well just totally embrace the entertainment aspect at this point. Uh, at least uh, that, that's kind of uh, my take on things. Um, an interesting one here, Carl. Uh, I'll pull up uh, the graphic on this as well here. And we're talking Mr. Mauro Ranallo has expressed that he would like to get back into wrestling commentary again. Um, I don't know about this one, man. Um I guess as long as it's not the the rigorous schedule of the WWE, it'd be okay. I mean, um, you know, just given that you know he's had issues before, it's it's a little puzzling to me that he'd be willing to kind of dive into the deep end again. Um, you know, because we know that um, you know there's some issues uh, with depression and whatnot, and he kind of tends to get overwhelmed, which is really bizarre when you when you look at him. You know, when he's in not necessarily in character, but when he's doing his thing, like he's so he's like one of the most energetic and uh, powerful commentators in the business. And then you find out there there's this, this kind of really dark aspect of him. It, it, it's it's yeah. kind of odd, but uh, it just it, it puzzles me given the, the issues that he's been going through that he'd be kind of willing to get back into it again maybe um more of like an, an mlw or a ring of honor uh, capacity would maybe be better but for yeah. like a major major promotion i feel maybe it'd be a little too much for him i think so as well um when it when it comes to mauro ranallo um when he is in his element he is spot on oh he's fantastic he fantastic. definitely is now that he isn't in that element yeah. i think that maybe that's playing on him a little bit, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if if you're doing something that that, that you love to do, and that kind of keeps you grounded a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden it's gone, and you don't have that anymore, right? You need that. Yeah, you need to have that grounding in your life. You need to have that aspect of being able to have that release of doing something that you love and enjoy. Yep. And without that being there, he he's expressed that he wants to get back into professional wrestling commentary. Yep. 
right? So clearly that shows us that he is not doing any right now, whether it's for any type of indie promotion or big promotion. So I think that that's what it's boiling down to is that it's really playing on him and, and yep. that he's, he's, he's feeling uh, maybe him slipping back into these, uh, you know, these dark places and depression issues that he's had before and needs something to give that mm-hmm. happiness back to him. As I mentioned, even uh, in the graphic, you can see like when he gets into it, like he gets into it, like he he's up out of his chair and he is uh, very animated, you know. And just recently, um, for those who aren't aware, the the Tyson uh, Roy Jones Jr. event that they did, you know, he did commentary for uh, basically the, that entire show. They had Snoop Dogg and some of the people on there. It was actually pretty well done uh, in that aspect. And I, I think doing that, he kind of got that that taste again, and uh, and I think that's kind of rekindled his interest. Um, having said Said that now, you know, if he wants to get into the professional wrestling aspect of things, where would you like to see him go? If you had to pick, a small promotion. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned MLW. I think that that would be great. OVW would be another good one. Um, I think that OVW is really starting to um, build some ground, especially with all the stuff that they're they're doing on YouTube and all their shows that they, that they've got out on YouTube. Um, I think that bringing in uh, a name like Mauro Ronaldo uh, with uh, with that voice and that passion that he has, um, definitely that would only be an asset to mm-hmm. somebody like MLW or OVW and help them grow even bigger than they are right now. Um, it, it, okay, I'm going to put this out here to you, Joe. Yeah. If Mauro Ronaldo announces that he is going to be calling action for Chikara, hmm. are you going to watch Chikara? Yeah, I'd check Because Mauro is there? Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, I would. So if Mauro says, wherever he says he's going, are you going to go and watch that because of him? Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So if somebody's going to go and watch a program based on who the commentary person is, and that commentary person is Mauro Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. You're set. Yeah. Pull that name in. Yeah. Yep. Use that name to be be straight up with Mauro and say, "Listen, you are going to be on commentary, and we would love to have you. And the reason why we would love to have you is because we know you know what you're doing, and you can help build numbers and pull people in. That's what we want. Are you willing to help us out and do that? Yeah. Be straight up and honest with him because that's, I, I feel, I don't know 100%, but I feel that that is something that Mauro Ronaldo needs. He really needs to have that, uh, that transparency within any type of uh, situation and contract that he decides to get into. So as long as people are open and transparent with, with their intentions when it comes to Mauro, I think we're going to have a fantastic partnership wherever he goes. But yeah, MLW, OVW, one of these smaller promotions that uh, could use a name like Morrow, not using a bad way, yeah. using a good way. Yep. Um, I, I would be, I would be happy to see any of that. For myself, I'm definitely in agreement. I would build on it a little bit. And, you know, given uh, the landscape of how things are outside of WW, with people crossing over potentially and all these partnerships, uh, I'd, I'd like to see Moro just kind of freelance. I want to see him show up in MLW. I want to see him show up in Chikara. Impact, um, you know, uh, Ring of Honor, if I didn't mention them, AEW, New Japan. Uh, d- just, you know, go, go 
go where, where things take kind of take you. Uh, I'd like to see him kind of all over the place. You know, like I said, given kind of this potential of everybody kind of crossing over, um, you have a guy that, that can kind of do that in the commentary role. Absolutely. Uh, and oh, th- that's yeah. what I'd want to see. To show up, you know, him in like uh, Don Callis or him in, uh, you know, Jr. Again, you know, just it, it, it's yeah. um, you, you have some really cool possibilities there, and uh, oh, like yeah. I said, just it would just be cool because I mean, the, the guy's kind of just a drawer in himself. So um, you know, like you mentioned, where he kind of goes, people, you know, especially like ourselves, are going to want to watch because more was on right. commentary. Yeah, we're so. gonna we're gonna follow. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna Absolutely. go where he goes. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Um, I want to. Speaking of AEW, I did uh, mention them there. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Sting again here, and I'm going to to, to kind of pull up the, the graphic. Um, and I don't want to be too negative on this because I thought, especially last week, um, his promo work I thought was kind of excellent, uh, kind of setting things going up forward. The only issue that that I kind of see here, Carl, is that um, you know two weeks ago, you know we we, we changed. World champions, you know, Kenny Omega is the, the world champion, but Sting is still in the spotlight here. Now, I understand, you know, bringing Sting in is a, is a big draw. I mean, Sting is a legitimate star still, you know, a huge draw in the business, but, you know, it, it kind of totally overshadowed kind of what happened. You know, they, 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 they literally, they, they changed their world champion and people aren't talking about it. They're talking about Sting still. So I get, you know, that's cool, but I have a feeling it's almost kind of damaging in itself here, Carl. What do you think? I, I think you're right. Uh, definitely. I, I'm in agreement with that. Um, yeah, it seems as though, I mean, sure. We had, uh, Kenny Omega show up on Impact, mm-hmm. and we got a little bit of a taste of of that. Uh, you know, like it was cool. Yeah, everything was was good, right? But then we haven't heard nothing more about it. We haven't heard anything about hey, are there going to be more stars? Is somebody from Impact now going to show up on AEW? Like nothing. Everything has been Sting, mm-hmm. um, and seems to be revolving around Sting and Darby Allen. Yep. the TNT champion. So are are we are we in AEW now making the TNT championship more valuable than the AEW championship? It, that's kind of how it's how how it feels yep. and 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 how I'm seeing things right now is that uh, uh, the focus is now the TNT championship, and uh, who who gives a shit about? Yeah. the AEW championship because, well, it's just going anywhere it wants anyways, see, right? See, you brought up a, a word that, that kind of fits perfectly in this. You mentioned the word focus. Focus. And I hate to be kind of critical here, but I think I have to be at this point, is that I think that is a bit of an issue that AEW has right now, is that they lack focus. Uh, similar to kind of what Impact is doing, it's like they're kind of all over the place. They're trying to do a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this. I likened it to, you know, again, now this was part of the conversation I had with Jargo earlier today as we were mentioning this, the comparing especially AEW to New Japan. You know, they, they want to work together here, but they're so far apart from each other. AEW and Impact are kind of like a restaurant that does like 2,000 things kind of good. Mm-hmm. And then you have New Japan who does 20 things really, really, really good. You know, so it's like a restaurant that doesn't know kind of what it is. And then you go to like that really, really good mom and pop restaurant where they just have a little short menu, but every dish is fantastic. 
right? That uh, is, I think, kind of what's going on here. I think AEW's still kind of lost, and they haven't really found who they are yet. And, and I get it, it's we're still in the transition period. We're still learning. Yeah. But, I mean, these guys need to kind of define who they are at this I point. I think AEW has ADHD. It, it really does feel like that. Right? It really right? does feel like that. Because, yeah, they're, they're focused on, on this thing for a bit. And then, uh, oh, wait, ooh, shiny. And yeah. then they're focused over here. And then, ooh, sting. And then they're focused over here. And then, yeah. ooh, new, new championship. And then they're focused over here. And, and it seems to be very quick and abrupt different changes when it comes yeah. to that. And it's uh, uh, sometimes even even for me, who who has been a lifelong professional wrestling fan and somebody who has, has been in the business and, and done... Uh, you know, numerous different things. Even I get dizzy. <laughs> yeah. Going, wow, we're like, like we're all over the map here right now, and uh, yeah. And it's it's a yeah. shame because like these individual things uh, in themselves are are cool. Like if you were to just kind of take that out and just kind of remove it and just watch that for what it is, good. But I mean, when when this when it's all kind of lumped together and there's no flow kind of going through the whole thing. You know, just it, it, it's a little jarring, especially for somebody like me who watches uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, where it, it's presented kind of like a, like a sporting event where things just kind of go yeah. uh, with a bit of a flow. And uh, just at AEW, it's like, you know, okay, you know, AEW television, we kick off with the Young Bucks versus whoever, spot fest all over the place, and then something completely different after that, and something completely after that. Just there's nothing kind of tying it all kind of together. And just, um, yeah, it's a little. It can be exhausting to watch two hours of a. Uh, it can be more exhausting watching two hours of Ollie wrestling as opposed to three hours of, of a New Japan show where it just kind of flows through and you lose track of time and it's like, oh wow, three hours went by, you know. Right. So you know that that's the yeah. difference. That's the difference. Not, not, and I, I don't I don't necessarily mean to, to shit on AEW um, by any means, but they just they, they need to find that flow. And they need to find out what their identity is. Yes. All right, man, let us take a bit of a brief break here and hear from our friends over at collarandelbowbrand.com. And we're going to come back after the break and talk a little bit about WrestleMania. Fall is in the air. That means pumpkin spice lattes. That means pumpkin spice everything. Ugg boots, yoga pants. God, I hope I can fit into mine this season. Scarves and baseball teams. Hoodie! Not yet, but soon. The metal team. No need for any cease and desist here. And hats. Stop by collarandelbowbrand.com today and get your fall drop immediately. It's fall, y'all. Collar and elbowbrand.com You'll be the coolest person in Starbucks whether you're wearing yoga pants and Ugg boots or not. In fact, I like to go to Starbucks without the bottoms on all the time and just wear my collar and elbow brand type shirts. I immediately get my coffee and go. All right, my Joe and Carl Careful back here on Turnbuckle Talk. I love that commercial and I, I, I still, I get that that image has been permanently etched in my brain forever here, Carl. Mr. Al Snow in Starbucks, now wearing pants and able to get his drink quicker than everybody else just by that <laughs> fact. Um, right. um, I, I can't see anybody else being able to pull that off, honestly. 
So we do have to mention as well that uh, that commercial is a couple of years old, it is. to be honest with you. So there are hoodies that are available <laughs> yep. at collarandelbowbrand.com. Um, as you see scrolling in the ticker down below, if you visit collarandelbowbrand.com, use our promo code JKPODCAST, you're going to get 10% off your entire purchase, whether that's brand doesn't matter so go and check them out we do get a little bit of a kickback for that which does help to pay for the Streamyard broadcast thank you Streamyard. Uh, especially all of the wonderful new things that they have been doing they've been adding in some really great stuff and uh, uh, soon they're going to be adding in integration for like a stream deck uh, which is going to be uh, fantastic if we can maybe get our hands on one mm -hmm. to be able to transition through things a little bit easier. But they've been adding in a whole world of great stuff uh, to StreamYard, and they just keep building and building and building. And thank you to uh, the team over at StreamYard for uh, this platform for us to bring you guys our podcast. Yes, absolutely. All right, man, let us shift over to some more WWE talk here, and we are talking about WrestleMania 37. Now, if you, it's interesting because if you go online and just kind of Google uh, WrestleMania 37 or WrestleMania 2021, uh, you're going to still see a lot of uh, banners for the WrestleMania Hollywood uh, uh, deal, and that is not where WrestleMania is going to take place. It is going to take place at Raymond James Stadium in Florida. And... Um, what do you think here, Carl? This is a big outdoor venue. Are we going to be able to get some fans in attendance uh, live in person for this thing? I think that we need to at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, we need to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, considering the last WrestleMania that happened, yeah. um, you know, last WrestleMania was, was very different. It definitely was. Yeah. Um, was it a total uh, shit show? No. No, I don't no. think so. It, it, it was it was actually done very well. Yeah. Um, but if they're planning on doing this at a stadium like this, uh, I think it's going to be okay for them to have limited fans. So in a huge stadium like that, you're able to uh, follow any social distancing requirements that are put into place by the state. Yep. Um, masks, all of that bull crap that, <laughs> you know, they're making everybody do and go through. Um, and it's big enough that you'll be able to space people out. Now, um, I don't know if, if you know, cause I don't, but do yep. you know how many people the, uh, the stadium can hold? That is a great question here, Carl. And, uh, if you want to keep going a little bit, I'll actually uh, hit up the Google machine and, and find out the, the capacity for Raymond stadium here. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, w with the stadium itself, um, with the amount of people that it can hold. Right. So, I mean, it's it's if, if you take that number of the amount of people that, that, that it can hold, mm -hmm. divide that number by six, let's say okay. for six feet apart. OK. And then you, you'll, you'll kind of be able to get a rough idea of possibly how many people you can have in that stadium um now that that probably will differ because they're probably going to offer uh like family packages uh usually a family pack of four tickets yep. and then uh those are you're all going to be in one one area right so what the would have you right um and and that's probably what they're going to be doing and if if they're smart about things that's what they would do they would uh, kind of offer those those uh, family packages to be able to keep the family together in uh, in one section, yeah. and then six feet away, you're going to have 
you know, another set of four or, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, for Raymond James Stadium, we're looking at a capacity of just over 65,000. So, I mean, obviously we're not going to get to that number. Um, I don't think that we should even go half. Uh, you know, even, you know, even if you have a quarter of that with people spread out, you know, at least then, you know, we have, we have some semblance of a, of, of a wrestling crowd or an audience or however you want to kind of word it. We, we, for WrestleMania, I mean, this is the big show of the year. We, we need to get back to at least some people in the, in the crowd here, man. We, we need to do this. J- Japan, uh, they, they ran, jeez, um, uh, well, I can't, I can't the Budokan and, uh, for uh, the end of uh, World Tag League here. And, I mean, they, they, they weren't at capacity, but, I mean, they had a good-sized crowd there. I mean, J- Japan has gone about things the right way over there. And, uh, you know, we need to, to start kind of working our way back. I mean, I know we're here in Canada. It's a little easy to speak about the United States. Uh, I know Florida's a bit of a hot yeah. zone, so to speak. But, I mean, we, we need to start working our way towards that. And um, getting people to, you know, get them out doing stuff to get back to normality here at least a little bit. 65,000 people in that stadium, would you could still allow 10,000. Sure. And be safe. Yep. Right? No, I agree. And um, even even for on on the floor, Right, ringside. Yep. Okay, make ringside ten feet back. Yep. Put those front row seats ten feet back. You have tons of space right? to work with. Tons of space. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. So, I mean, could they fit ten thousand? Yeah, they probably yeah. could fit ten thousand people in there. Are they going to get ten thousand people to buy tickets? <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I think yeah, they definitely will. Maybe. Yeah. Because maybe. that's people. People want to go out and do things. Yep. Right, and then if if okay, cool, I, I get to see WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And it's going to be a little bit more personal, I guess you could say, because yep. there's not going to be 65,000 people. Mm-hmm. There's only going to be 10,000 people. Right. So, you know. you know. And the other reason why I think that they need to go that route, I mean, uh, we can't, you know, given that this is a big outdoor venue. I mean, it's not the biggest outdoor venue out there, but it, it, it's big enough. You know, we, we can't do this Thunderdome thing on the outdoor. We can't have, given this is the... There's no roof on this place. You know, we can't have a bunch of screens out there, um, you know, because there's always the potential, especially in Florida, of some weather happening. So, you know, I've, I've been down there and uh, weather, weather, down. weather can come and go uh, very abruptly. So I, I think that, uh, yeah, very quickly. And they, they, we need to at least between five to 10,000 people at least to make this look uh, like, a, like a wrestling show again. We need to. Yeah. No, like 10,000. Yeah. Definitely, ten thousand is easily doable. Yep, I think that's a fair in, number. An arena of sixty thousand people. Yep. Actually, working out some math, it actually works out to about ten thousand eight hundred and eighty-nine people. Uh, so you take you, you take out those eight hundred and eighty-nine and and leave that for staff, mm-hmm. workers, production, all of that stuff. Ten thousand people, easily doable. Yep. And will they get the ticket sold? <laughs> they will. They'll they'll sell quick. Oh yeah, they absolutely. will. Oh, I agree. All right, man. Before we uh, get to our match of the week segment here, let us let me uh, make sure I get this. Let us do a little bit of breaking news. All right. So for breaking news here, I hope I'm not stealing uh, your idea if you have one on deck here. But uh, I got I'll, I'll, I got one. Okay. That's that's yeah. You know. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first then. Uh, that, that way, uh, if it ends up being my idea, then I can kind of switch it on the fly. <laughs> it, does your idea have to do with New Japan Pro Wrestling? It does not. Perfect. There we go Kay. then. <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling, Super J Cup 2020. Hmm. 
For those of you who don't know and have not seen, go and take a look at a guy called El Fantismo. Mm-hmm. El Fantismo won the Super Junior Cup, the Super J Cup, for a second straight yep. year. They really need to build on this now and really make El Fantismo a household name. Please. Interesting that you've said that here, Carl, because at the end of uh, the Best of Super Juniors, which was won by Hiromu Tagahashi, uh, he said that he wants to take on the winner of the Super J Cup. So we're talking at Wrestle Kingdom as well. So it looks mm. like it, it should be, if things go that, the way that he said, Hiromu Tagahashi versus El Fantasmo at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I, I'd be in for that here, Carl. Me too. Absolutely. Definitely. And um that is not the last that we're going to hear of Hiromu Takahashi on the show, just to give you a little bit of a spoiler there, kind of, a little hint. Um, the breaking news that I want to kind of get to involves Mr. Eric Bischoff, AEW, and Mr. Bully Ray. Um, Eric Bischoff saying that AEW should sign Bully Ray to AEW and that they would benefit greatly from him being over there. This, again, here, Carl, brings up the greater issue with AEW is that we're just all over the place here. And I think bringing in somebody who's like a complete other element again, I think just adds more to the the, con- the confusion and just the, the chaos kind of going on there. I, I, I like Bully Ray, don't get me wrong, but just it, it's we're just we're too scatterbrained over there still. We need to find out which direction we're kind of going, and if that's going to fit it, then great. Go with, then bring in Bully Ray. I'm not against bringing him in, just first we need to find out who we are before we go down that road. Now, you keep talking about, uh, you know, finding out who they are and stuff like that. Do you think that maybe this is them trying to? Maybe. By pulling in guys like Taz, pulling in Sting, pulling in Jake Roberts, pulling in Bully Ray? Yep, it could um, be right. Do you, do you, yeah, I, I, that, that's how I'm seeing it. I'm seeing mm-hmm. it as maybe they're trying to, to, to take the knowledge that these guys have and and really pull it in so that they can figure out the best way for things. Um, do I want to see Bully Ray over in AEW? No, I really don't. Yeah, uh, I love Bully Ray. Awesome. Awesome guy, great, uh, great worker, has done so much in the, in the business, has a, a beautiful knowledge of the business oh, as yeah. well. But I don't want to see him over in AEW. Uh, I, I want him to stay right where he is and just, just do that. And I would agree because I don't know about you, but my favorite version of Bully Ray is the, not necessarily the over the, the top uncensored Bully Ray, but just the Bully Ray that doesn't have to be confined by the, like necessarily what the censors won't allow him to kind of say. That, that to just kind of let Bully Ray out and go out and be Bully Ray, like, oh, he kicked me in the balls or something like that. You know, he can't, right. he probably wouldn't be able to say that on, uh, on TNT and with AEW or, or WWE for, for that matter. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the issue is I don't think that he would really get to be, quote-unquote, Bully Ray necessarily uh, if right. he were to go over there because uh, we're, you know, we're not PG over there, but we're the, 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 the TV-14 over there. So, you know, maybe they could do a little bit of it, but it just it would feel kind of watered down, I think, honestly. Yep, you're right. So, cool, but... Uh, Honestly, I like the uh, the Ring of Honor side of things, and then I'd even like to see him kind of uh, go over and um, do some stuff with New Japan. You know, I'll do some stuff with Juice or whatnot. I think that that would uh, kind of work really well there too. Uh, have him kind of screw with those guys, given that they're North Americans as well. 
All right, let us get to, let me pull up our graphic here, match of the week. All right, here, Carl, uh, as usual, let us kind of uh, figure out how we're going to do here. Do you want to go first this week or do you want me to go first? You want me to go first. Go All first. right. So for, for mine, I'm actually going to pull up a, a graphic here for mine. And uh, this, my match of the week is actually coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And we had mentioned him here earlier here, Carl. And uh, my match of the week it was the final for the best of Super Juniors, El Desperado versus Hiromo Takahashi. Where do I start with this, man? Where do I start with this? Uh, this is honestly for... How long has it been now that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn at NXT was my favorite match for the longest time? Well, Carl, we have a new champion because this is not only my match of this week. Uh, this is likely going to be my match of the year for this year uh, here, Carl. Uh, this was absolutely... It's been a long time since I've been this invested in a match as I'm watching it. Uh, this is absolutely incredible. We even saw El Desperado getting unmasked, um, him essentially unmasking himself, and just the, the stare down with him as he's kind of doing it. Just, dude, like the, the psychology and the, just the, the in-ring work was, just, it was, this was not a perfect match, It didn't, but it didn't need to be perfect necessarily in the ring, but they, they did, the, the in-ring work stuff was, amazing too but I'm just everything just the psychology and just the, the build up and uh, the story and everything kind of going with this just it was, it was absolutely fantastic I don't really even know how to kind of put it into words you just have to find a way to go watch this um, I know you likely haven't seen this match here Carl but to, when you have a chance um, I'll, I'll maybe I can even send you a way to, to watch it but this is one that you have to watch and our audience our, 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 our fans our followers need to go and check out this match because this was absolutely fantastic Fantastic! This is a must, must watch. Awesome! <laughs> Absolutely nice. incredible. I mean, dude, I'm, 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 I've actually watched it about four or five times already, and this happened on the 11th, and um, I'm probably going to go watch it a few more times. Well, my my pick this week is going <laughs> to look like a uh, steaming uh, bag <sighs> of dog crap. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what to each their own. Uh, I'm oh, sure. I'll yeah, pro- yeah, yeah. My, I mean, mine, mine's coming from AEW Dark this week. Okay. Uh, it's coming from uh, an unknown na- an unknown name, okay. Louis Valley. Interesting. Versus Peter Avalon. Mm. Pretty Pete Avalon mm. now, as he's being called. No more librarian gimmick. We talked about that last week and yeah. how uh, fantastic I think it is that uh, Leva Bates is able to go and do her own thing um, and be that librarian. But uh, now yep. we're getting to see a little bit more of Peter Avalon. And Peter Avalon is actually, after leaving this whole librarian gimmick, is starting to get the big W. Mm. He is making more and more wins and pins when it comes to his matches in AEW. And I, for that reason alone, I am absolutely loving what is happening. The match itself was 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 great as well. Um, really good back and forth going on between both competitors, Valley and Avalon, uh, with uh, with Avalon coming out with the win there. Um, I'm just fan fantastic. I mean, just and, and I'm I'm excited to see more now of Peter Avalon, and yeah. I hope that they really bring him over. Uh, you know, allow him on Dynamite and uh, to really kind of kind of grow and and showcase what he can do over on Dynamite as well, especially 
and and I'm I'm talking maybe four four or five weeks away. Let yeah. them continue to get these wins over on um, AEW Dark, their uh, their YouTube uh, series that they do. Uh, continue AEW Dark. Yeah. Win, 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 and then you bring them over to Dynamite, and then what have you got? You have got background information. This guy went from being a librarian to being this pretty Peter Avalon, <laughs> winning his ass off yep. over on AEW Dark, and now let's see what he can do on Dynamite. It, cool. it, it just it, it works. It definitely works. So there's there there's mine. My my pick, Louis Valley, Peter Avalon, not a. 10-star matchup by no means, but everything that's happening around it, I feel, is is being done right. Awesome. I, I, I like the pick. I think uh, uh, Peter Avalon is a talent that kind of goes unnoticed uh, in professional wrestling. You know, I've seen some of his work in Wrestle Circus uh, a little while ago, and uh, you know when they when they came in and did the, um, the librarian thing with Leva Bates, I just I don't think that the two of them necessarily had the right kind of chemistry. So yeah. I think that that's why they split them up, which I think is good for both of them. And I'm I'm just glad that they're going with a different kind of character with him and not just trying to be like this other librarian still. So because um, right. I think that that would compromise um, Leva's. Character so uh, and his so giving oh, yeah. him a chance to kind of do his own thing uh, like I said you know dude is uh, he's a great worker in the ring and uh, just to kind of let him do his thing and, and kind of see where it goes you know is yeah. he going to be a main event talent um, in contention for the world title absolutely not but I mean he's a he's a good hand to have in that that lower mid kind of card range I mean everybody's got their spot and I think that's right where he fits in and uh, probably really good at putting some people over so that's what I would do with Peter Avalon yeah. Good, All right. Good, good. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Let us take a, another brief break here and hear from our friends over at thechairshot.com, and then we'll come back with our showstopper segment. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, so like I mentioned, uh, our friends are at thechairshot.com. Uh, we're syndicated over there. And even our friend, uh, Mr. Uh, Jim Phillips, I believe, uh, does uh, some uh, some work over there as well and uh, does some articles and whatnot. And, of course, uh, NDPW as well. Uh, you can find us over there as well as some of our uh, other colleagues as well. Uh, all right, man, let us take a – no, we're going to take another break. We just took one. Let us do our showstopper segment. All right, so for this week, we are going to talk about Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon <laughs> uh, in the Showstopper segment here. And uh, I figured this uh, um, graphic would be kind of fitting, uh, kind of uh, poking at Vince a little bit. But uh, we're talking about, you know, this is a, a topic that, you know, we've talked about before. But just kind of given what we talked about at the top of the show here, I think that this is a good way to kind of bring it full circle and uh, end off the episode on this here. We're talking about if Vince McMahon is uh, still what's best for business or is it time for him to to finally step down here? And I, I think the 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 handling, especially of these this current crop of NXT talent that you know Cole is going to be in, in that uh, conversation here shortly, uh, just the way that he is handling them and, and not necessarily seeing what everybody else is seeing, I think is a sign that um, we're getting close here, Carl. 
at the top of the program when we uh, first discussed a little bit of, uh, you know, Vince sending people back down to the Performance Center mm-hmm. um, or the Capital Wrestling Center, yeah. as it's uh, <laughs> called now. Yep. Um, Vince has lost it. Yeah. I mean, that's... As, 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 I mean, that's how it is portrayed. That is how I see it. Is that definitely true? I don't know because I don't work with the guy on a daily basis. No. Um, so I don't. I, I I really don't know. But some of the judgment calls that he's been doing lately have kind of been a little questionable. Yep. Uh, when it comes to uh, not only just performers, but uh, just just business sense as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, because I don't work with the guy on a daily basis, because I really don't know uh, his, his, his head and how he, he, he thinks and, and what's going on there, I really can't say a whole lot. But from my perspective, I can say that Vincent Kennedy McMahon has lost his freaking marbles. <laughs> Yep. And that it maybe it is time for him to uh, step down uh, and allow someone else to come in. And if he's got to stay in the business, let him stay in like some uh, advisement role, uh, right? Like let there be some advisement role or something like that happening. I'm cool with that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's time. It is time. With Vince and myself here. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the guy's a pioneer in the professional wrestling business. I mean, he, he took over from, from his dad and didn't run it like a petulant child. I mean, he, he brought professional wrestling to the masses, you know, brought it to television, brought it to, to kind of the, the mainstream uh, consciousness. And, and I give Vince all the props in the world for that WrestleMania one. Absolutely fantastic. Still a landmark moment in this business. But as time has progressed, Vince has been really, really stubborn to want to control everything that's going on. And you just, in a company this size, you can't do it all yourself. You need to delegate different aspects of the business to other people. Because, I mean, just like the the last time when uh, he gave his little speech for Undertaker, you could tell that he was just like, dude, that this guy has been through so much and is just still trying to go through the motions, and he is just exhausted. He is exhausted. And I think it really is time to, I would even say, you know, the advisor role, I, I don't think you could even do that because Vince is always going to want to have some control. He needs to fully hand things over to those that can kind of take over, and not just one person. You know, you, you, like I said, you delegate to a group of people. I think that just having one person kind of running things could be a little bit of a mistake because then we could run into the same problem again in the future. So, yeah, it's a weird thing. Like I said, I give Vince all the props in the world for getting professional wrestling to where it is now. But, I mean, this is what can happen when somebody overstays their welcome for just far too long, I think. I think that's kind of the greater issue here. Yeah, yeah, I I, I would have to agree with that as well. Um, You see, I don't think that Vince will ever really, until the day he dies, give up any control yeah. um, uh, or step back or or step down or however you want to say it. That's why I say have him just give him a a, a, a dummy moniker of, uh, y- you know, give him just that that placeholder of, you know, yeah. advisor. Right. Not necessarily that you have to go and, uh, you know, run absolutely everything by Vince. But if you've got something that you know is, you know, 
good, but could use a little bit more maybe, or, or you're just kind of like, Hey, we, we need to go talk to Vince. We need to make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't get pissed off thinking that uh, we just kind of left him here. We better go and just uh, ask him one of these questions or whatever. No. We're, we're, we're just going to do what we want anyways, <laughs> but let's go make sure that, you know, we make him happy. Right. Like that type of a thing. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that way Vince still feels as though, you know, he kind of has that control. Um, still feels like he's a part of it and, and that he hasn't totally, because like you said, taking over from his dad, he, since WrestleMania one, right. Even before then, when he took over, he has built that, that is absolutely everything to him. And then to take all of that away, Mm -hmm. that's really hard. That would Mm -hmm. be so difficult, right? That's like taking, uh, you know, a, a lollipop from a from a kid that's been, you know, licking that that tootsie roll lollipop, trying yeah. to figure out how many licks it takes to get to the center of the <laughs> of the tootsie pop, yeah. and then you just take that away, they're gonna throw a fit. Well, yeah. See, there's a way that you can do it. Like we don't have to go about it in a way to, you know, we're kicking you out and we're going to forget everything that you've done. I mean, that, that I, I think that's where uh, we need to change the, the mindset a little bit is that we're not necessarily, we don't want to remove Vince and forget everything that he's done. We just need to realize that, you know, okay, you know, looking back to where, where Vince kind of came from and that whole methodology at that time, it just hasn't translated well over to the modern day. And we, do, we, we see the results, especially in, in the viewership, and people have started to go elsewhere to watch the professional wrestling. You know, that, 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 that's the, the thing. And I think just that we need to... We need to move on, but we don't need to to forget what he's done. We just need to evolve, and um, I think that that just needs because we're even seeing uh, even this instance with uh, with Keith Lee, uh, Triple H feels the exact opposite on on, on this matter. And you know, there's been these other times. I think just whether it be him or, or somebody just needs to to sit down with Vince and just go, you know what? We need to we need to move in another direction. You need to. We need to change them because he had, he, there has to be some realization there that, that what they're doing isn't necessarily working. Yeah, we're making money hand over fist, but that's only because of the, the television deals at this point. We're not bringing yes. in money through other avenues, you know. Yeah. And and I and I get that, you know, and with it being COVID still, I mean, uh, it's it's still tricky, right? So I, obviously, I think it, maybe making that move now probably isn't the smartest thing. But I think you know, once we <coughs> excuse me get back to some normalcy i think we need to start making that transition of just saying you know what vince it's been it's been a hoot but we need you to to step down it, it's time and and not even necessarily the vince mcmahon needs to sell the company uh to, to somebody else have a restructuring of management mm-hmm. that's all you have to do Put it out there on the WWE's webpage on their uh, uh, their um, business whatever page that they have there that there is a restructuring of management taking place within the company, and that you know the 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 Vince McMahon uh, you know role uh, whatever that title I don't even know what what he's titled there yeah um, chairman I think it's still chairman okay well yeah. whatever his title is someone means. else is taking that title yeah right taking that title and those responsibilities and then vince mcmahon is going to be you know this instead and he's going to have these responsibilities yeah. instead type of thing right so i mean uh, uh, play it that way play it as a restructuring of management 
And then that way, Vince isn't totally gone. We haven't destroyed any type of legacy that Vince McMahon is, has made or created. It's just management reconstruction. That's it. See, what I would do, because we're, we're in that situation still of where we're, we're in this weird place of where Vince wants all these characters to kind of take the ball and kind of run with things and reach for that brass ring and blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. But then seemingly when these talents go to kind of do that, they're shot down by either him or, or the, the running staff. So just a, there's a disconnect there and some confusion because you're, you're, you're telling us to, to kind of uh, reach for what you're dangling in front of us. But then when you take it, when we reach for it, then you pull it away, right? So yeah. there, there, there's that. And what I think you do, would do with Vince is, you know, who was probably one of the best characters in professional wrestling for the longest time, Carl? Mr. McMahon. The Mr. McMahon character was yep. absolutely fantastic. Some of the stuff that he didn't do, when he went into the, the ring of the Royal Rumble with Batista and Cena, and when he blew up both quads and still sat there and still continued to go with the segment, who does that? Who You know who does that? Mr. McMahon does that. You bring right. back the Mr. McMahon character so he can still kind of be involved, and you just have him be Mr. McMahon. But you just you don't have him controlling the, the back end of things. You don't have him selling a, a, a grill position, you know, tearing down each match and be like, oh, no, no, we need to change this to do that. Just stop that. Just, That's right. just, just be that character if you still want to be a part of things and then let your team run the show at this point. That's what yep. I would do. I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. And, and you talk about the, the uh, Mr. McMahon character, <laughs> air, air quotations. Yeah. That power walk, dude. Oh, man, that's still fit. I still like, like, yeah. When we were growing up, how many people did you see even just walking down the street doing that damn power walk <laughs> that Vince McMahon does? Oh. Because back then, when we were growing up, uh, Attitude Era, you know, situations going on, professional wrestling was, was booming, probably at its highest ever. Uh, and everybody was either, you know, throwing the, uh, the crotch chops Yep. Or uh, doing the Vince McMahon power walk, yep. or uh, putting up the two sweet for the NWO, right? Like, I mean, it was always a little bit of something, but that power walk, hell, I've even done that power walk, right? Yeah. Right? Yep. Oh yeah, I'd even want to see the million dollar giveaway thing again. That that still, when he would having Mr. McMahon, I, and I think that that's the aspect that you kind of embrace the fact that he's kind of out of touch. You, you go with that, you know, having him trying to make phone calls and, and uh, not realizing that somebody had like a message kind of playing. Dude, that stuff was gold. Uh, as yeah. much as I like to shit on Vince for some of the stuff that he's done, that stuff was fantastic. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. That's, was, that's the stuff good. that I miss. That's the stuff that I miss. And I think that they need to go back to that. Yeah. And, me uh, too. you know, especially in this time of day where we need some comedy in our, in our lives, especially in uh, in the WWE, I think that they need to do that, and uh, I, that's what I'd like to see. Will they do it? Probably not, but you know, maybe if they do, um, here at Turnbuckle Talk, Carl Careful and I would definitely like to take credit for the idea if you guys do use it. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn right. All right, man. I guess that about wraps it up here for this week. But before we go, um, do you want to uh, pitch or plug anything before we wrap it up? Just check out our social media pages. Uh, you know, we, the episodes always go there. Uh, if you're already part of the social media pages, which are at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, if you're already a part of it, tell a friend. Uh, tweet it out, whatever. Use use our, our tag. Tag us on there at TB Talk Pod. And uh, yeah, just, just go and tell other people about it. If you are enjoying these video casts or 
if you're listening to the podcast on the next day, make sure that you're telling your friends and have them come and visit us as well. And as always, if you are here and watching the program with us, feel free to comment. We love interacting with all of you. Leave some comments in the comment section and uh, they it may even show up on screen here yep. coming through on the broadcast. So uh, if you want to be interactive with us, please be interactive with us because we would love to to have your opinions on our show as well yep absolutely all right man i guess that about wraps up here for this week and we'll see you on the next one it's me it's me it's an honor to be the beat as you can tell in the background we are out celebrating that is what we do here at hittingthemarks.com and i invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows we have. You can find that all at givingthebucks.com. Run.